Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to become like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that's our mission at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities. We are so grateful for our sisters from around the world who make this podcast possible. And now let's jump into this episode of the More To Be podcast and seek God to equip us to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus every day. On this episode, I'm joined by Mari hernandez Tutin, and she loves to share God's truth and hope with women through mentoring, Bible teaching, family life coaching, and counseling. She's been in ministry for over 20 years and has taught women from all over the world, leading seminars and workshops that encourage women to lean into God's grace and truth. She's been on television and radio programs and has written hundreds of articles on family discipleship and developing faith habits. You can connect with Mari at inspiredbyfamilymag.com, where she writes about all things family, faith, feasting, and fun. Now, what's really important to me about this time with Mari is that she's my friend, and she's my friend because she attended uh, an event that I actually spoke at and introduced herself to me, and we have had regular coffee dates over the last, I guess it's almost two years now, right? Yeah, yeah, two uh, years ago. <laughs> two years ago, getting to really know one another and enjoy each other and support one another, not only in the craft of writing and speaking, but just as wives and moms. And so, Mari, I'm so glad to have you here today on the podcast, even though we're drinking virtual cups of coffee together, not in person. <laughs> Right. I prefer a person, but yes, this I is know. great. <laughs> We'd rather be at our favorite little coffee shop instead of over the screen, but <laughs> here we are. So I, I've so enjoyed getting to know you over the last two years and knowing a little bit about your story. And I think that's what gives so much substance to who you are as a writer and as a speaker. And so I'd just love if you would share with our listeners, you know, how did you become Mari as you are today? What, what has shaped your life? Yeah, um, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many um, things that I feel like in our, my life I've been able to look back at and think, you know, wow, God has used that in my life. Even the hard things, um, I I did some kind of life mapping. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but um, just looking through the major um, events of my life and then looking at some of those hard times and like, oh, those were the like the shaping things, you know, those were like the the moving shaping of Madi. So I would say that I definitely would go back to my childhood. My parents were faithful in, um, raising me in God's truth and, and encouraging me in that. And to this day, they still do. Um, I love when my dad calls me and we just have conversations about, he'll read something. He's like, so what do you think about what John says? And you know, this verse, verse or um, this chapter. Um, so those have been um, 
those years were very formative. And even though I didn't always care for them as a child, you know, when you're even now, as I look at my kids, I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. You know, even if they're like rolling their eyes while I'm telling them something about God, um, it is forming them and it's, I'm praying, it's planting seeds and that's what my parents did. And um, so, yeah, those were some of, um, I would say the foundational times of my life, but even in my childhood, having some hardships as a child, those really strengthened my faith. Mm. I mean, as young as, you know, 10 years old and wrestling with some of the things that were going on in my life and just remembering that God was the one that I could go to. And it was just very, um, it was this, this sweet, innocent relationship that was growing um, because he was the one that I was going to with my problems. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, those were some, you know, as I said, some of the hard things, but also the, the faithful forming um things in my life that I feel like um, God has used to really grow me and, and bring me to, to this place now. <laughs> yeah. So, so that your family of origin, mom and dad, and where did you end up growing up? So I am Hispanic. Um, I'm Mexican and um, I was born in Mexico, but we grew up in Texas. So Texas. that was the, the, Pretty much all of my life was there. Um, so yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, went went to college, right? Was that I thought I, I remember that was part of your story. Yeah, but- I went to um, Bible College for. Um, I did my my bachelor's, and then I moved on to get my master's um, at another. Um, it was also a Christian university. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah. Yeah, and how did you meet your husband? Yeah, he was, I met him in um, grad school. Um, We were both attending the same school and same church, had a lot of the similar friends. So that was a a really neat story to to see how God brought him. And I know that you've called your husband Mr. Blue Eyes, but my husband is the same thing. (laughs) I mean, really, that was what captivated me in in, in our friendship. I, I didn't initially like, like him right away. Um, for him, it was love at first sight. Um, but for me, it was like, oh, you have cool blue eyes. <laughs> oh, how funny. Um, and you're a cool guy, so let's hang out. But it wasn't like an a immediate um, attraction mm-hmm. or, or desire to, like he said, when I first met you, um, I had to lean against the wall because I felt dizzy. And I had this thought in my mind saying, she's the one. Um, So yeah, for him, it was like, you know, you know, this moment where for me, I I actually don't remember that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So it was funny when he finally told me, thankfully, he didn't tell me right away that this was happening. But when we were engaged, he told me this story. And I was like, no, we didn't. That wasn't the first time we met. We met somewhere else. And he's like, no, I know we met there because I had this epiphany. Um, uh-huh. so yeah. Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> and now, so how many years are you guys married now? We have been married um, 17 years. Woohoo. 
three kids um, in those 17 years. So I have a high schooler, middle schooler, and a young one in elementary. Wow. Okay. So if COVID allows everybody to go back to school, that's what we're hoping <laughs> <laughs> that everybody will be back because you're not a homeschooling mom. I actually did homeschooling for three years um, yeah. when they were younger, but no, I, 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 I did that and I enjoyed it, but I, that's not where I want to be right now. So yeah. yes, they are right. hopefully will be back in school. Lord willing, everything continues to move forward. You right. never know. <laughs> never know at this point. <laughs> you never know at this point. And you, um, well, you also kind of have another baby that's coming out. We, yes. I don't know if you've also gained weight with that other baby <laughs> that's coming out, but you have a book yes. baby coming out, right? <laughs> that's so, so funny that you would put it that way because both of those things are true. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can afford to write another book. I'd gain another 20 pounds. <laughs> Um, the wild thing was that I was writing this book right when the pandemic hit. I know. So it was like, and I mean, I remember calling you. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. I know. I remember folding my laundry <laughs> while we were having this conversation of how are you going to meet this book deadline with all these children now home? Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it, a global pandemic is not a time to be inspired to write a book. No. <laughs> I mean, unless you're writing a book that's about that. But, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like trying to filter through all of the craziness and chaos happening outside of my home. But then also what's going on inside my yeah. home. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's your um, tell everybody what's your book about and, and where can they, where or when can they find it? That's also important. Yeah, it is a Bible study on Proverbs 31, um, and I'm really excited about it because I did a lot of research um, on that topic, and um, I really feel like God gave me a perspective to help us as we, because I know our initial response of Proverbs 31 is like, whoa, whatever, <laughs> yeah. that is overwhelming, I don't want to even read that because I feel like I'm not meeting expectations, um, but um, I was able to look at it from a perspective where, you know, to, to see that this is many seasons of a woman's life and not just one day in her life mm -hmm. um, because we sometimes we look at it from that perspective and you get overwhelmed you see that she wakes up at you know the crack of dawn and she's mm -hmm. you know planting fields and buying this and going this and doing this and like that's not one day in her life but it's many seasons in her life mm -hmm. um so yeah the book is um on Proverbs 31 and it will be out in the fall and it's just um, I really it was a book that I needed to write it was bitter it was sweet to to read it once I finally finished everything and then I mean I, there was I was crying through so many of those wow. of those of those chapters because it was what I needed it was what God had been doing in my life, but what I needed to hear as well. So um, I wrote it in hopes to encourage women um, as they walk in this um, journey as mm. women of God um, and, and the many seasons that we're in. Mm. So what's your perspective on seasons? Yeah, um, I think that we have lots of seasons as women and 
you look at the biology just physically like yeah. early on we're hit with like some major changes but it doesn't stop it's like this continual you know the minute you hit puberty it's this never-ending you know life-changing yeah. moments for us but they're not just physical and that's um where we come in as women with so many changes and seasons of life because it also changes with if you get married and then if you have children or if you have a career change or if you, um, you know, all of these are, are constantly mm -hmm. ebbing and flowing through our life. Um, and, and, um, you would think it would make it easier if anyone's going to do changes going to be women, but I think sometimes it's really hard for us um, yeah. with, with changes. So yeah, there are lots of seasons. There's a time where God is planting, um, where he's growing and we're, yeah. we're harvesting, you know, and, and obviously the harvest is the time we all want to be in because you're yeah. just, you know, enjoying that blessing of your hard work. But, you know, he, he has us in these constantly of, okay, I'm going to grow you. And in that growing, there's going to be some weeding mm. and some pruning and, I have a garden. I'm not a gardener. I just started gardening, but that's work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the same way, it's work in our life, but it has to be done. If I want to enjoy, whether it's the fruit of my flowers or the fruit of my vegetables, I have to get in that garden and I have to do that. Otherwise those weeds kill what I've been working on. So um, in the same way, you know, the, there are some hard times that come into our life where God is using that to grow us in order that we can enjoy the blessing um, later. Yeah. So interesting. I feel like the weeds always grow faster and stronger than anything <laughs> I've planted. Like I look out, I bought these really beautiful three little potted sunflowers because the seeds that we planted this year for sunflowers did not take at all. Not one of them. Huh. First year, all of our sunflower seeds and seedlings died. And we tried to take better care of them by re like transplanting them into little bigger places before we put them outside. So basically I have two really vibrant sunflowers that are like four to five feet growing that grew up as leftover seeds from last year in the rocks, mm. which I, wow. I, I, every time I look at it, I'm like, Lord, you are telling me something here. <laughs> that one sunflower is vibrant and it is growing against all odds, right? And then these three little sunflower plants that I bought as a consolation prize have completely died. Oh, and I've got weeds that are growing up next to it in the same soil that's like, they're vibrant and I'm like, I don't understand Lord like and, and it's such a like metaphor for me for real life of like yeah. we can put our time and our effort and our focus into something that we think we want that we think God ought to be doing that that is aligned with him and it just feels like it's shriveling up and dying and then there's something right next to it that is like doing just fine and we're like no 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 but that's not what I wanted to do and it's this constant dance i feel like through our lives of i think i go back i always quote this uh, henry blackaby says in his book experiencing god you know don't ask god what your will is what his will is for your life but ask him to show you his work that you may join him in it and, and i i that's a constant 
prayer of my heart, Lord, show me your work that I may join you in it. Not, not my work, not my plan, not my agenda, because I'm always going to buy the, the, you know, already planted sunflower thinking it's going to be great (laughs) and it dies, you know? Right. Yeah. There are so many life lessons in, in that. Um, And even just what you just said that some things didn't take um, root and there are, you know, even in our own life, like we go back and we're like, I thought I already learned this lesson. God. (laughs) It's like, nope, it didn't take root. So we're going to have to start again and plant that seed again. Um, But I, and I really think, and this is part of my personality is I, I, I feel like overwhelmed when I'm back in that place again. Um, And we, I know we've even had that conversation as well, but just remembering that that is a time where I'm reminded of God's grace and what he's done on the cross and that I, I'm not going to get it perfectly because Mm -hmm. guess what? I don't have, I'm not perfect. You know, God already, he's already won that prize. You know, Jesus Christ already won the prize of perfect. And I am not going to fight him for that. Um, But sometimes I do like, I'm like down on myself. Like, why did I mess up? You know, but those, that's part of the weeding. That's part of the pruning. Mm. Um, And those, those come up regardless. Like I didn't go plant those weeds out there. They just came up because that's a part of that process. Um, And remembering that those are the times that I need to remember like, where am I anchored when those weeds come out? Mm. Not, not so much like down on myself, like, oh, here I am again, like, yeah, out about this. But no, like, these are things that are an opportunity for me to turn it and ask the question, what am I anchored to um, that that is bringing about this? Or yeah. more of questioning and instead of like condemnation. You yeah, know? yeah goodness, when am I going to learn this lesson? Right. So interesting. You use the word anchored. I just led a retreat, a virtual retreat for the more to be coaches. So in the, in more to be, we have a bunch of women who are available to coach yeah. all the women that come to more to be. And I, I just wanted to pour into this group of coaches and, and give them, it's hard, it's hard to be a coach. Like there's awesomeness, but I should say it's hard to, to run your own business. And all of these women are also caring for families. They are the Proverbs 31 women. They're caring for families. They're caring for parents in some cases. They're, they're working full-time jobs. They're running some sort of ministries. And I wanted to offer them a time to really think about who they are as a child of God, mm-hmm. apart from all that they're doing. Yeah, and and to care for themselves. And so this idea of anchored, so, you know, built around the, the passage in Hebrews, of, yeah. you know, Jesus being our anchor and our, our hope. Uh, and what does life look like if we are anchored to Jesus? And the, the fascinating thing for me was that I planned this retreat for them like two months ago before we had booked a, a family vacation to go to a lake. And it just, that lake thing just kind of came out of the blue and we were able to go away. And so just the days prior to teaching this retreat, I'm like on a boat in the middle of this lake and (laughs) my, my husband cut the engine so that we could just sit there together with the kids and just enjoy the sun. We weren't, they weren't water skiing or tubing. And what, what happens when you cut the engine and you don't have an anchor is you float and you can float right into the shore <laughs> if you're not 
careful, right? Like it, it, it is so subtle because you don't realize what is happening because you're engaged with the conversations or in the moment you lose context of what's going on all around you. You lose context of the current and, and the wind that is coming and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, what? Turn the engine on. We got to get away from here. We're going to crash into the shore and it's not our boat. So that's going to be a real problem. <laughs> and, and so the parallels of that, as I was, you know, with these sisters of mine, reminding them the importance of having an anchor uh, for the times of calm, as much as we think of an anchor for the times of a storm of what are you tethered to, what is holding your place when things are not going as, as you want them to go. And when they, when they are calm, it was, it was like, Wah! Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, as I was thinking about that, um, even just this morning, it's one of our, our, every year we pick a family verse and we pick that one. Okay. Um, so I've, maybe two or three years ago, but it came to my mind this morning and I was just thinking of, you know, you know, the same thing. I was on the river with my husband and he was kayaking and he had um, tied my tube to his kayak. And I thought how I'm, I know I'm anchored. Like I am tied to that man and his boat and I can just relax and I can enjoy this time, but I can also move out and know that I'm not going to go too far and that I'm anchored to someone who cares. And if something happened to me that, so, you know, the importance of even just remembering that as we move in these different seasons of our life and in these different roles or purpose or calling, um, as you were even sharing with your life coaches, is it remembering that, that um, in that time when we are anchored, we, to him we can yeah. trust him because we know who i'm anchored to if i was anchored to somebody i didn't know i i wouldn't be able to relax mm-hmm. I, w- I mean i i can't swim but i still do water sports wow so- <laughs> <laughs> that is trusting <laughs> so i would not be able to relax much less like let go and explore the area but because i knew that it was my husband and that he loves me and he's going to dive in that if I flip over. Like I could enjoy that and I could um, explore the area because I knew how far my rope was um, from him. So yeah, you know, all of those things reminding us um, that, that he is the one and whose we are um, and who we are as a result of that. And I know you've been going through um, different characteristics of God, but that is, you know, sometimes we take it in as knowledge and more knowledge, but that is like real hardcore theology, you know, because it is the study of God for our life. Like every day I can go and move about knowing who he is and knowing Mm. that he's a good father and knowing that he's sovereign um, and knowing Mm. that he's got this and I don't have to be enough and I don't have to do, you know, be strong or, or even though I am strong, but I know that he is my rock and my yeah. refuge and my hope is in him. Mm, so good. So good. And, you know, the word is what gives us perspective. And so I, I loved what, you know, I asked you before we got on, like what passage of scripture you wanted to look at. And I, so I spent this morning in Ecclesiastes three and 
you know, it's a familiar passage. Like as soon as I saw the citation, I was like, oh yeah, I know what one that is. And yet I felt like God's word just jumped up again at me this morning and reminding me of that perspective check. And, and in the retreat when I, on Monday, one of my points, I said, you know, these are the five steps you need to take to anchor yourself to Jesus. And one of those last steps I called perspective. Like we have to understand that life is hard, this side of heaven, and there are blessings, but we have to understand the both and. So if we are only looking at life from one side and we forsake paying attention to the truths we find in James and the truths that we hear about suffering, we are then unprepared for that challenge and and we're going to have a harder time moving through it, right? But if we understand this is part of what's going on, we don't have to question God's sovereignty or faithfulness in it because we can understand this is this is humanity and this is sin uh, in some cases. And so and reading question it, we yeah. know we can go back to the truth. Like, you know, we will there are times where we question like what in the world? Uh-huh, of course. You know, but even when we do, like we go back to my feelings don't direct me. My, you know, mm. my circumstances don't direct my faith, my walk. It is God's word, you know, and that yeah. is our anchor for our soul. I mean, that verse is so powerful. Yeah. That is what directs us. We are going to have so many things coming our way. It's going to want to direct us like, oh, this feels good or this is hard or this, you know, but those feelings come and go. But God's truth is here to stay and it doesn't change. <laughs> and, right. and we can count on that. Right, right. I mean, it, it is a, it's a challenge and I am emotional and temperamental for sure. And so I'll be the first one to be like, God, what are you doing? You know, like, <laughs> right. This, you know, and I'll use a few French words potentially and, and I'll have to like come back at it. But this, this passage, so I want to read um, from verse one in Ecclesiastes three. Uh, through 15. And then there's one particular verse that I really wanted to camp out on. Okay. Um, so there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under the sun, which is, I know the verse that you were, were suggesting that we look at. So I do want to unpack that. And then there's a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. I mean, like that, that one got me. A time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. I mean, that was one of those like, what? this is in the Bible, like God has given and made everything appropriate in its time. I mean, how does that change perspective if we see what we have been given and what we've endured as appropriate? 
Yeah, like there's timing in our activities and remembering yeah. that. Um, and that's hard because I want things in my timing. <laughs> oh, my word. Like, I can't even describe the number of things that I have been frustrated by that feels like it's not in God's timing. And yet it is. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but no one can discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is, has already been, and whatever will be, already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. Yeah. And it was, it's, I mean, I mean, this (laughs) passage was read at my grandmother's funeral, so usually I have a hard time even getting through it without, without crying, but uh, this verse 14, I know that everything God does will last forever. There's no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Yeah, that's, that's a powerful verse there. Um, and that one stood out to me in 11 as well, that he has made everything beautiful in its time. Yeah. He has set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Um, and, and that's a constant reminder as, as things aren't working out um, the way we want them to mm-hmm. um, and the timing that we want them to, um, to remember that we can't fathom what he has done yeah. from beginning to end, but we can trust him yeah. um, in the middle of that. And, and it's hard and it's easy for me to sit here and say it, you know, <laughs> in, in the comfort of my home when things seem to be easy right now, but I've been in that place where it wasn't <laughs> easy and it I was, you know, crying my way through it and even wrestling with God through it and saying, okay, you know, I trust you. Help my unbelief because, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I am sinful and this is hard and this is, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's right there going back, you know, that nothing can be added or taken away and, and we can be in awe. It's done so that we can be in awe of him. I know, I know. And that, I think that's going to be my new memory verse, go-to verse for the next six months. I mean, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast because I haven't recorded an episode since this all happened, but I, I'm in grad school to get a master's in counseling. Yay! Yay! Right? Yay! I'm a lunatic, basically, I think is what that means because in order to get into grad school, it's a conditional acceptance. I have to pass two summer classes, including psych 100 and um, a child adolescent development class. And I was like, sure, I'll take these classes. This is not that big of a deal. Uh, Especially understanding that like, you know, 30 years has passed since I graduated from college. I think roughly (laughs) that, maybe 20, 29, something, some crazy amount of years since I graduated from high school. And of course, you know, I got a D in psychology the first time around. So of course they're gonna want me to like take a psychology class. This this the amount of study and work is kicking my butt to kingdom come like i i went from having all this margin time in my life to now basically i'm nose to the books if i'm not doing something else and and it's working i'm you know two and a half weeks into it i have four and a half more weeks to go 
and hopefully will not be this bad, you know, when I actually am in the grad program because it will be less intensive. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's 16 week courses in seven weeks. So, oh, and the pressure's off as well. Like right now you have a pressure, like you need to pass this. I need to pass this or I'm going to tell the whole world that I, I couldn't pass psych 100, <laughs> you know, like there's, a, there's all this pressure, but I, uh, there are other things going on in life at the same time. Right? Like, so I, I have said to the Lord, uh, you know, what am I doing? How is, is this your will? Like, did I accidentally say yes to something that, that I wasn't meant to say yes to? How is this your timing right now? Like, oh, we're going to get the siding redone on the house. And the general contractor wants us to pick this. And I'm like, I don't care what color, just put something out there. You know, like, like all these pieces of this puzzle that have aligned and, and, you know, health issues, I have a surgical procedure coming up. Like, I'm like, what in the world? What in the world, Lord? And and yet, okay, God, I'm going back to your word. God, you work so that people will be in awe of you. And if you need to put me this far out of my element and have me this in touch with my weakness so that your power is made perfect in my weakness so that people will be in awe of you, then I submit. Take it away, Lord. Yeah. And, and that people is us, <laughs> yeah. you know, because sometimes, especially as, as, as people in ministry, we think of the rest of them. <laughs> We're like, yeah. no, um, that, that people it's talking about is about me so that I can also be in awe of you in the middle of this. Um, and con and, and, you know, there's that verse in first Corinthians, um, where it says he comforts us so we can comfort others. And it's like, it's yeah. this reciprocal, it's not just taking in and taking in, but also giving out and in that comfort, in that, that we are able to point people back to God so that they yeah. can be in awe of him yeah. um, and in, in all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when we see that it's God's work instead of, instead of our work. Right. And, and so how, you know, as we think about wrapping this up, because we probably could talk for another hour, um, how do you think this practically plays out for women as they balance their roles and their seasons and their longings, their passions, the passions that are put on hold? Like, how do, how do you make sense of all this? Yeah, and I, th- I think it came... There's so much there, um, but one of the things that I have to constantly remind myself is being fluid um, and faithful in the middle of that. And, mm. and, and a lot of what we've already mentioned are the reasons we're able to be fluid and faithful is because we are remembering whose we are and who we are. We need to be abiding in his word and not just constant, you know, I know um, sometimes we look at our spiritual journey as this laser tag game and you go to the base and you get, you know, powered up and then you go out. But God's like, no, that's not what he says in John 15. You know, he's like, abide in me is I'm the vine and you're the branches remain, you know, and that is not, you know, powering up and then going out, but that's like constantly abiding in him to help us in that flu, being fluid and being faithful in the middle of that. Um, And I think we even talked about, or we did talk about this as we were, um, 
preparing for this was just that realizing that whether it's our role, whether it's our purpose or our calling, that God gives us influence in all of that. Mm. Um, and that's something that I constantly, from the very beginning of, of gosh, I, as young as college, um, I don't think I was um, that intuitive when I was younger, um, but just remembering that God has influence, it's going to use me um, mm. to influence his kingdom and that I influence in everything I do. So whether, you know, my role right now, I mean, I remember when my kids were little, I was pregnant with my second and my oldest was two. And I had this desire to start this ministry in the inner city. And I could not sleep because that burden was and that mm -hmm. vision was in my heart um and i was so annoyed with god because yeah. why would you do that i'm pregnant i can't even walk through the house you know much less go into the inner city and minister to people and have a two-year-old at home like how yeah. in the world is that going to work so it was this constant wrestling but god brought me to a point of surrendering my the way i wanted it to look and then seeing, okay, I do, I gave you that passion, Madi. I gave you that burden mm. and that desire, but I need you to look at it differently because right now you're stuck in this is how it's going to look and this mm. is going to be. Um, and once I surrendered that, I was able to use, um, I was able to start a Moms in Me mission. So I started this ministry where moms ministered with their toddlers in the city. Um, wow. And that was like, oh, so that, you know, I gave you that passion and it's not going to look like what you mm -mm. think it was, but how about you use where I have you? So I have yeah. you you're pregnant and you have a toddler. So use that passion now. How are you going to use it? Okay. I can do it ministering alongside of my child in different yes. places. So um, it's, again, it looked very different. But once I was able to surrender that and being like, okay, God can still use that passion that he's given me mm -hmm. to influence even my children. Even if I didn't start this ministry, but God has given me a passion to serve others. I can find ways here in my home. Um, even if I'm not, you know, yeah. the CEO of this nonprofit, um, yeah. I can start doing it right now. So it's not even like God saying no. It's like not right now. And it might look a little different than I know. what you envisioned. Um, I know. So yeah, just remembering in those different roles and calling and purpose that God has given us influence um, in all of it. Um, and not just as you were saying, you know, waiting for that one moment or that one yeah. thing. Um, but hey, right here. You know? Right here, right Be now. Be faithful right now to what God has called, given you and on your plate, the people yeah. he's put in your path. And then watch him yeah. do, you know, open. If he wants it, he's going to open doors and venues, avenues for you. Um, but maybe for right now, it's just... Right here, you know, uh -huh. caring for my aging parent or my toddler or mm -hmm. driving my teenager around, you know. Yeah. You know, those are all ways that we can still influence, um, especially, you know, some of these passions are tangible. Like, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I have a heart to teach. Well, I can teach right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, what you're doing, right? <laughs> exactly. I know. I, I look back on my life and I think I cannot point to a single moment that played out the way I expected. Nothing went according to my plan. Yeah. And yet I could do like how you're saying that life map, you know, I call it a, a, a story timeline, same thing. Yeah. I could do a story timeline and go to probably the most difficult moments, the most stretching moments and say, God was used that. And now let's do a dot and a line and connect to this moment for this thing. And I just was sharing this with my friends last night. They're like, I don't understand where this counseling thing came from. Like totally out of the blue, three weeks, you apply to grad school and get in and you're going like, you don't have enough on your plate, Lisa. (laughs) And I, and I, I explained, I'm like, well, Actually, so like a decade ago, Leah's twin going to be 21. So she was going into sixth grade. The twins were going to kindergarten. I had looked to apply for grad school. And I, um, A, we didn't have the financial resources. B, I didn't have the bandwidth. C, I was totally not emotionally ready or healthy enough. Um, and, and, and I didn't want to take the GREs. And I mean, there were all these things. I didn't want to leave the kids to go away to these distance learning programs. And so that's when I became a coach. And I've spent the last decade coaching, loving it, and thinking that that was, that was it. Like, okay, counseling dream, not going to ever happen. Um, and then a year and a half ago, ending up at the farm and then taking the equine, trauma-focused equine-assisted training exposed me to all this brain stuff and going through the consultation cases that are part of my training has quickened my heart to want to do counseling so I could provide better care for, I mean, the women that come through more to be 70% of them need counseling and they don't know where to go. And I, I don't want to have to send anybody away. I want to say, Hey, we could continue to work together and I can help you find healing through God's work in this time together. And it's through this equine training that has enabled me to realize I can. I'm, I'm in a place where I can carry the weight of somebody else's burden where I couldn't have a decade ago. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, suddenly the financial resources are like barely there. The time is barely there. And the acceptance is all almost all there. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I guess this is where we're at now. But it didn't happen back then because that wasn't God's timing. Right. And you made it and you used what he had you in. And that was okay, God, you opened the door for life coach and you give your all, you know, you gave it yeah. your all. And then God, you know, even in that, because through that life coaching, yeah. you started doing the equestrian yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, courses. And that gave you even, you know, uh, yeah. a kindling of that passion that you thought of before and like, oh, now I can pursue that um, even more. So, yeah, that's amazing to see how um, even just, again, going back to being that fluid and faithful. And yeah. maybe you weren't thinking at that moment because I don't think we're no always consciously thinking like it's time for me to be fluid. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know? But, you know, those are the things where you're like, that is change. This is this is right now I'm a mom and I want to leave my kids and, but where else can you use me, God? Um, And 
you know, trusting him to say yes without having all of the A, B, and C plan yeah. uh, ready for, to go because mm-hmm. sometimes we stay there. And so I do want to, you know, even just as we end to challenge, you know, us to challenge women to that maybe, you know, you need to lean in more to what that is that God is, yeah. is, is pushing you, nudging you, that passion that he's put in you um, and saying yes, even in the right now where yeah. you can't do, you know, exactly what you want to do, but saying yes and letting him yeah. open the door, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's beautiful. And it, it goes back even to this, you know, one verse that God works so that people will be on, in awe of him. And as you emphasize that we would be in awe of him, that not just the out there, but that, you know, right here and that you where CSB says he has made everything appropriate in his time and other translations, he has made everything beautiful in his time of, of this kind of open handed Lord. I'm getting honest with you. This is what you have on my plate right now. And this is what I love. And this is all of what is really hard, but I give it all to you. And I ask you to, to use me in this situation, minister to me as I function in a way that gives you glory. Yeah. And, and you think of Esther, I mean, in the Bible, it's one of the stories that came to my mind as you were talking about that is, you know, he, put her in the right place at the right time and you know and 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 trusting that 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 he is going to do that and he's going to equip us Mm -hmm. um and give us what we need for whatever he has for us and trusting in that um i i do have on my blog a a printable to go with this that i made for the the class ecclesiastes verse um Mm-hmm. where he makes all things beautiful in his time. So any of your listeners are welcome to um, yeah. go down and download it for free. Um, just as a reminder of, yeah. of that, he does make everything beautiful in his time, not I my know. time. Um, so That is so good. So remind everybody again, how they can find you. Um, I find am at, yeah, I'm at inspiredbyfamilymag.com. Um, that's where my blog is and, um, you can just adventure on explore, um, the blog and the printable is in there. So I will have it up at the front so you can just click on it. That is awesome. And, uh, Mari, would you pray for us as we close today? Yes. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are in control of all things, Lord, and not our feelings and not our circumstances, Lord, but that we can come to you and know that you are um, you are the one that holds all things together, even when our world is, is um, even now as we look at this global pandemic and it seems mm-hmm. like everything is, is not right, Lord, um, that we can trust you and come back to you and be anchored in you. And I pray for um, the women listening, Lord, that wherever they may find themselves, that they would come back to your truth and find hope in your word um, because that is where we can find refuge in, in all the circumstances, seasons, and stages of our life. I thank mm-hmm. you for where you've placed us and I pray that you would encourage us to lean and move forward um, into those scary places that we may be holding back to as well and trust you um, for whatever you may have. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mari, so much for being with us on the podcast today.
Yes, thank you for having me. It was fun. It was my first podcast, so I'm excited. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you're a great guest and you're a great friend, and I'm I'm so glad that we can do life and ministry together. And I, I just pray for all of you guys who have been able to listen in today that you also experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word. If you're ready to take the next step in aligning your life with God's best, but not sure what that looks like, head over to moretobe.com slash align and take our quiz to find out. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day. Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to be like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like, and that is our mission here at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities.